Hello, Westside Family Church. It is great to see you here at Lenexa Speedway and online. Today is daylight savings time, which means you lost an hour of sleep, and I've got to talk with a lot more excitement to keep you awake, right? You can fall asleep, just don't disturb the customer next door to you. But also because of daylight savings time, it means that warmer weather is coming and longer daylight. Isn't that amazing? Which is absolutely perfect for what we're going to be talking about today. We've got a lot to cover. Really encourage you uh, to open up your Bible. If you have the Westside app, there's some great notes there for you to take. Uh, before we do, though, I want to offer up a prayer for a group of Westside students who've made their way to Costa Rica this week. Here's a picture of them. We're going to pray for them and pray for us as well. And uh, so if you'd like, particularly you students here on the front row, extend a hand to your fellow students, right? And let's pray. Heavenly Father, we really want to pray right now for this service that, um, that your presence is completely welcome into this place. You own this place. It is yours. I want, you want you to have your way with these people and with me. And Father, right now we lift up our students who have traveled to Costa Rica. One, we invite you to keep them safe, protect them. But we pray most importantly that you would enable them to accomplish the purpose by, for which you have sent them there. To bring light in the darkness to a group of people that are hurting. We also pray, Father, that you would accomplish your purpose in the lives of our students. That when they come back to us, that they will look just a little bit more like you. And then as they go back into their world, into their schools, that they would let the light of Christ shine through them in such a way that those students right now, which is so many students like never have ever seen before, who are struggling mentally, emotionally, they're in trauma, they're struggling, depression and anxiety, that these students and our existing students who are still here would enter into these schools to make your name brighter. And I pray particularly in light of what happened last week in the Olathe East schools, right here in our own neighborhood, Father, that Westsiders and our Westside students particularly who have an opportunity to go to places and rooms that we cannot go will be your hands and feet. And today, most importantly, be your light to bring people out of darkness. And Father, as we pray for our students here, we also think of people around the world and we will continue to pray daily for the people of Ukraine. And we just ask, Father, that you would give wisdom to our leaders and wisdom to the leaders around the world. And most importantly, that you would bring your presence, your grace and mercy, and just blanket the people of Ukraine. Give them courage, Father, and make your presence to be strong in their presence. We pray this in the name of Jesus. And if you agreed with me, say... So there was a young boy who was outside playing with a broom, pretending it was a horse. And he played all day with it. And he came in, and he forgot to bring it inside, leaving it on the porch. Later in the evening, his mother asked him to go out to the porch to bring the broom in. And the boy started to cry because he didn't want to go out into the darkness for fear of what may be in the darkness. So he began to cry and his mother tried to comfort him. And she said, uh, son, it's okay. Uh, there's no one out there. There's nothing out there that can hurt you. You're going to be fine. Please go get the broom. And the boy just kept crying. And so she said, uh, son, Jesus is out there and he will help you. And the boy looked at her, stopped crying for a moment. And he said, mom, are you sure that Jesus is out there? 
And she says, yes, son, Jesus is everywhere, and he helps us in our time of need. So the boy stared at her for just a little bit more, still a bit concerned, but then he took off to the door to achieve the errand his mother had given to him. As he got to the door, he opened it up ever so slightly, and he yelled, Jesus, if you're out there, could you hand me the broom? I love that. The truth of the matter is, is that you either were or still are afraid of the dark. Because darkness is scary. Clinical psychologist Alicia Cook said, it's not so much that we're afraid of the dark as we are afraid of what is lurking in the dark. For me, I don't know about you, but I'm afraid of the dark and I'm afraid of what is lurking in the dark because darkness emerges the vulnerability with inside of us. Darkness gives us the feeling that we are lost and alone, stumbling around, groping to find our way. But that is why the declaration of Jesus today as we continue in our series in the I am statements of Jesus. That's why it's so important to us. Because in John chapter 8 and verse 12, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Let's take that off the screen. Light. Jesus shines light in our darkness to remind us that we are not alone. Jesus, in our darkness, he lights the path for us so we know which way to go. Jesus is the light of the world is so comforting and so awesome, and that's what you would expect, but I'm telling you, I've studied the scriptures on what it means that Jesus is the light of the world, and what I want to share with you is going to blow your mind, but I need you to stay with me, okay? So we're going to take a journey through scriptures on what it means that Jesus is the light of the world. Okay, John chapter 8 where Jesus makes this declaration that he is the light of the world, it calls us back to John chapter 1, the very first verses in the gospel of the opening of the New Testament. John chapter 1 and verse 1 says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and here it is, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not overcome it. Now what does this mean? Here we learn that Jesus is God. Here we learn that he has another name besides Jesus, and it is the word, or in the Greek, the word is logos. Here we learn that Jesus did not come into existence on Christmas Day in a manger, but rather that Jesus has been around in the beginning. Not only that, but when you put the two ideas together, in the beginning, Jesus, the word, actually spoke creation into existence. 
There was nothing, and now there is everything. There was not anything without Jesus speaking it into existence. Wouldn't it be great if we had that ability to speak things into existence? Dinner be made. Lawn be mowed. Children be bathed and in bed by 8 o'clock, right? Wouldn't that be great? That is the power that Jesus has. Then it says that in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. What does it mean? It means that there was no light apart from Jesus. Jesus is the very essence of life, and when he formed the first man out of the dust of the ground, that he breathed into the nostrils of Adam life. But this life that he breathed into Adam, the Hebrew word is ruach. When he breathed that into the nostrils of Adam, it was a different kind of life than the rest of creation. It is a light or a light bulb goes on for humans that do not go on for other creatures that God has created, giving us a sense of consciousness, giving us the ability to receive and understand and evaluate the consequences of the revelation of God in the universe and when he speaks in a still small voice. The opening phrase of John chapter 1 verse 1, in the beginning echoes us back to an Old Testament book that bears the same phrase. Does anybody remember what that book is? Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. It turns out that the first words of the opening of the New Testament were the very first words at the opening of the Old Testament. And so we go back to peek into it, and it reads, Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God, you can insert the word Jesus, created the heavens and the earth. And we learn just two verses down that the first creative act of Jesus is to call forth light out of the primeval darkness. Oh, to have been there for that. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 3 says, And God said, just said, just spoke, Let there be light, and there was light. Jesus who is the very source of light, calls forth light into creation. So it causes us to ask the question, what is light? What is it really? One thing we know about life now, light now that we didn't always know is that light can travel pretty fast. Light can travel 160,000 miles per second. 160,000 miles per second. Now, let's put that in context. On my best day, I can run a mile in seven minutes. Yep. Seven minutes. On my best day, the fastest recorded person to run can run a mile in three minutes and 43 seconds. Light can travel 186,000 miles in a second. Now, let me put this into context. Light can travel, look at this illustration, light can travel, orbit around the earth seven times a second. Can travel around the earth seven times in a single second. That, my friends, is really fast. Now, here's something else that we learn from Einstein and other scientists about light and as it relates to time. 
light as it relates to time. It's called time dilation. Some of you are like, oh, this is so basic. For others of us, this is like, wow, this is blowing my mind, right? Time dilation, listen to this. As you move through space, time itself is measured differently for the moving object than the unmoving object. As you move through space, time is measured differently for the moving object versus the unmoving object. Time slows down as you get closer to the speed of light. Time slows down. So let me give you an illustration. Say you're in a spaceship, okay? I'm playing with the toy here. A spaceship, and you're out in space, and you're traveling. The closer you get to the speed of light, the slower that time is elapsing inside of the spaceship. Now, let me give you an illustration. Over here, we have Earth, and we have a star. Let's say that you get into a spaceship, and you decide to go and travel around this star, okay, and come back to Earth. As you travel in space, closer to the speed of light, here's what's happened. When you return, two years has elapsed on Earth, but only two weeks have elapsed in the spaceship. Boom! Blow your mind. Now, the question is, what does this mean as it relates to Jesus? Because we have not invented anything that can travel at the speed of light, but the source of light actually can. It gives us a possible scientific explanation for one of the key attributes of God called omnipresence. Say omnipresence. Omnipresence. It simply means God can be in all places at the same time. Now, hang with me here. I believe that when Jesus walked on the earth for 33 years, that he was restricted in his ability Right? He took on a body like ours, which is highly restricted. Okay? As a matter of fact, it's possible, please don't see this as sacrilegious, it is possible that when Jesus walked on the earth, if we entered into a mile race, I might have been able to beat Jesus, right? Because he is living with the same restrictions as me, and I might, on a given day, be able to beat Jesus. However, before he took on flesh, and now after he has been resurrected and has an imperishable body that's very, very different, I believe that all of Jesus' travel restrictions that we have have been lifted. When Jesus travels, he doesn't wear a mask. When Jesus travels, he doesn't have to be vaccinated. But most importantly, when Jesus travels, there is no speed limit. Jesus, the source of light, can travel at the speed of light. So we are told at the resurrection of Jesus and the ascension that he went back to the Father. And yet the scripture tells us in several places that while he is with the Father somewhere up there in the heavens, that he is with us at the same time. Let me give you an example. Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20. This is what Jesus said right before he went back to the Father in his new imperishable body. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And here it is. And surely I am with you always, always, not just part of the time, not just on Mondays, not just on Sunday morning at 9.30. I am with you always, To the very end of the age. I am with you always, perpetually. 
How can this be? And this leads us to truth number one about Jesus being the light of the world. Take notes. Here we go. Ready? Because Jesus is the light, he can be with the Father and with us at the same time. Matthew chapter 18, verse 20 says, where two or more, just two or more, are gathered together in his name, there he is with us. And because today we have gathered in the name of Jesus, he is actually with us. Say, hello, Jesus. And some of you needed to hear that today because right now you're in a place of darkness for whatever reason. You're in a place of darkness and it's hard for you to see God. It's hard for you to believe that he is hearing you, that he cares about you. But the reality is, he is. It's true. So what I want you to do is I want everybody online, Speedway, here at Lenexa, in the South Sanctuary, I want you to close your eyes right now, just for a moment. And I want you to see that Jesus is standing right next to you. Right now. That Jesus is right next to you right now. Then I want you to take a deep breath in. Let that breath out. And then I want you to whisper to Jesus, Jesus, I know you are with me right now. Therefore, I will not be afraid. Okay. John chapter 8 Jesus' declaration, I'm the light of the world, takes us back to the beginning of John's gospel. In the beginning was the word, okay? And that phrase, in the beginning, takes us back to creation in Genesis, in the beginning, right? Now, Genesis chapter 1 is going to shoot us, fast forward us, all the way back to the New Testament for a new creation, a second creation. It's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 6. The author says it this way. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, Genesis chapter 1, made his light, same light, shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Jesus. Okay, did you capture that? The same light that God used coming from his presence to create light on earth is now through a new creation, that same light is being deposited into us. Jesus, the very source of light, said, let there be light at creation. Now he is saying, let there be light. This time he is depositing that light in all who believe. Okay, back to science again, okay? Uh, This is a prism, okay? This is a prism. And I want to read this to you because I want to make sure I get every word right. As light passes through a prism, it is bent or refracted or it changes direction. As light enters into the prison, it is bent or changes direction by the angles of the prison. And each wavelength of light is refracted slightly different in a slightly different amount. And as a result, all of the colors of the white light of the sun separate into individual bands of color characteristic of a rainbow, okay? So the notion of the idea as the white light of the sun 
enters into the prism at the different angles, it causes the different colors, all the colors exist within the white light of the sun. When it hits it at a different angle, it causes them to bend all at a different angle, resulting in the colors of the rainbow. Let me try to illustrate it to you, okay? Okay, here we go. Here's the white light of the sun, and here is the prism. The light is gonna shine through. Could anybody see the colors there? Yeah, isn't that beautiful? As the white light shines through the prism at the different angles, it uh, refracts and it bends and it results in the beautiful colors of the rainbow. Okay, what does that mean? What Jesus is saying is that you are this prism and I have placed my light inside of you. But the purpose of placing this light inside of you was not for you to contain it in yourself, but rather to let the light flow through you. I got verification of this in the words of Jesus himself. Matthew chapter 5, verses 15 through 16. He says, now, you are the light of the world. You are the light. He said, I'm the light of the world. Now he's saying, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. The reason you are here as a follower of Jesus is that he placed his light in you the day you became a follower of Jesus. And the goal is for him to take that light and pass it through you. And when it passes through you, all the colors of the light of Jesus are refracted and bent. And at the end, a beautiful rainbow appears. And that beautiful rainbow, according to Jesus, is the good works that come out of your life that emanate first from the light of Christ. And when people see the rainbow coming out of your life, when people experience the good works coming out of your life, it's gonna cause them to want to know the Father. And that, my friends, is why you are here. You struggling with your purpose? I just gave it to you. Oh, sing this little song with me. Don't hold back. Ready? This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. I dare you to put your finger up like a light. Come on. Let's do it. Ready? All around the neighborhood, I'm going to let it shine. All around the neighborhood, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. A couple guys didn't participate. I am not surprised. It's your heart that matters. So what does it mean that Jesus is the light of the world? Truth number one, because Jesus is the light, he can be with the Father and with us at the same time. Principle number two, believers in Jesus are called to reflect the light of Jesus that runs through us to others. Yeah. So what I want you to do again, Lenexa Speedway, South Sanctuary, online, I want you to Close your eyes again. And I want you to think back to the day that you received Jesus. And if you can't remember that day, you and I need to talk. But for me, 
as I think back, I was 14 years old. It had only been the third time I'd been to church in my life. I'm on the front row of the, the youth room. Everyone else has gone into the big church sanctuary, and I stayed back with the youth pastor, and it was there on the front row that I received Jesus. Now, at that moment, I want you to envision, you're back there, that it was at that moment that Jesus not only deposited his presence in you, the hope of glory, but as a result, he also deposited his light in you. Now, I want you to come out of that moment, and I want you to come to the present time, and I want you to think of someone who really needs to see this light in you, to draw them closer to God. Someone that is experiencing darkness right now in their life for whatever reason. You got a name? Now, in this moment, I just want you to ask God to give you an opportunity to shine his light to them through you this week. Go ahead and ask. Okay. There's one more thing I want you to see. The book of Revelation, the last book of the New Testament, gives us a vision of life to come for those who believe. The last two chapters of the Bible, if you're new to the Bible, it's pretty easy. The last two chapters of the Bible read almost identical to the first two chapters of the Bible. That is, Genesis 1 and 2 read almost identical to Revelation 21 and 22. Genesis 1 Begins In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Genesis 21.1 begins, and God created a new heaven and a new earth. This is going to pass away, and he's going to make all things new. Jesus is going to speak a new earth and a new heaven into existence. Yeah? And those who embrace the life on the old earth will receive resurrected bodies just like Jesus. And yes, I believe travel restrictions will also be removed from us. <laughs> That's going to be something to see me traveling at the speed of light, man. It's way faster than I'm going now. But the best thing of all is that the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are going to live on that new earth. It's no longer going to be up there. But it's going to be down here with us in the city called the New Jerusalem forever and ever. And Jesus will no longer need to travel at the speed of light to be with the Father and us down here at the same time. Because every evening for dinner, we'll be together. Revelation chapter 22, verse 5, tells us something very interesting about this new city that we'll be residents in. Something very interesting. Here it is, verse 5. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp nor the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light. What does it mean? It means, and here is truth number three. In the end, we won't need the sun, S-U-N, anymore, because we will have the sun, S-O-N, S-O-N, to provide all the light we need 24-7. Can you imagine? Paul says that we will have the light of the knowledge of the glory of God displayed in the face of Christ. In this city, the light will emanate from the face 
of Jesus, and it'll be so significant, we won't need the sun anymore. When you look at the sun, it pales in comparison to the originator of light, and this is how we receive light, not just when it's not daylight savings times until 4.30, but for 24 hours a day, the light of Jesus will never go down. And we'll never be in darkness again. And that's why the fulfillment of Jesus' declaration when he says, those who follow him will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life forever and ever. Yeah. So one more time, just last time, I want you to close your eyes. And if you believed in Jesus, or you plan on believing in him for the first time today, I want you to picture that you're in that new city. Go there. And it is a beautiful day. The surroundings are, are magnificent. Remember, this is the recreation of the Garden of Eden. It has been expanded, and it's magnificent, and it's beautiful. The colors, wow. And I want you to envision that you are with somebody special to you who also believed in Jesus, but they have passed on already. Who is that for you? I want you to picture that person. There's a lot of people for me. I just lost a great, great friend too early. His name was Jim. I just buried him last, well, a couple months ago. But I always come back to my mother. I've been missing her now for over 20 years. And I'm with her. I want you to envision who that person is for you. And you're with them. Maybe it's your husband, your wife, a child, a friend. Now I want, to, I want you to envision you and that person sitting in a comfortable Adirondack chair and you have your eyes closed and you are soaking up some serious vitamin D but this is not the ordinary vitamin D this D is vitamin divinity you are soaking up Jesus in the light that he puts out and you will never again be vitamin D deficient sit in that moment because if you're a believer in Jesus this is how our story ends. And folks, it doesn't get any better than that. So I'm going to put it on the screen. I'm going to invite you to say out loud with me again today, John 8, chapter 12. Ready? I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Truth number one, say it out loud with me. Ready? Because Jesus is the light, he can be with the Father and with us at the same time. Truth number two, ready? Be believers in Jesus are called to reflect the light of Jesus that runs through us to others. Kind of get an amen. And truth number three, in the end, we will not need the sun anymore because we have the sun to provide us all the light we will need 24-7. Can I get a hallelujah? hallelujah? That's cool. So what does it mean for you right now? Right here in this moment. If you need to go out into the dark to get a broom, it's okay. Because in fact, he is out there with you. And all of God's people said,